0: Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Hi friends, this is Kelly with Wishful Drinking and Binge Thinking,
1: the podcast where I get just absolutely hammered. And I dole out psychological advice. That's right, I am going to be more drunk than that girl you met in the bar bathroom after your karaoke set who said, You have such good stage presence. Oh my god. That's right, zero preparation, multiple drinks, countless profound gems. Tune in the last Monday of
0: every month on Fearscape Media Network. Ghosts in the Attic's Bodies in the Basements may contain graphic, violent, vulgar, or explicit content not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Back to Ghost in the Attic Spies in the Basement, listeners. I'm Anna. And I'm Lindsay, and happy Friday the 13th. I hope you are getting all the flash tattoos available. I really want to go get one, to be honest. I did too, but the problem is there's like lines that yeah. you have to stand in, and there's no guarantee that once you get in that line, you're going to get that tattoo. And it's like, well fuck you know because i don't want to be standing in line for like six hours just to find out i'm not getting a tattoo
1: right i did think about looking at uh my local tattoo shop's facebook pages and seeing if because sometimes i'll post like these are the flash tattoo options for tomorrow and like i want one that's if one speaks to me right my ultimate dream friday the 13th tattoo would be my stick person jason but that's not how flash tattoos work that's something i'm gonna have to schedule
0: you could just get, like, a Jason mask. But I want it to be mine. Like, my little crazy-looking stick but figure. But I'm just saying, like, if you had to pick a flash, it could always be a Jason mask. I have mask. a couple
1: more ideas of things I'd be okay with. Because as we all know, 13 has always been my favorite number. Yeah. And it's so, like, I'm sure there's plenty of things that I would actually enjoy. But, like, that would be the ultimate dream is my stick figure Jason. But I, I might check and see. but But at the same time, how am I going to go?
0: yeah same. Go?
1: tell my husband hey instead of us going out to lunch because we usually go to lunch on fridays <laughs> right like,
0: i'm gonna go get old? a tattoo and stand in like, line hey, for god knows how long you
1: take the four-year-old to lunch yeah i'm getting a tattoo goodbye <laughs> okay
0: thanks bye he'd probably um, be
1: like no <laughs> Be like, I have to get back to work. (laughs) This is more important. You need to get your priorities straight. Don't you know it's my day, Friday the 13th? Also, Friday the 13th, my favorite day, leading into my anniversary weekend, which my anniversary is the 16th, 13th anniversary.
0: Nice.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. It's meant to be for me personally to go get a thirteen <laughs> tattoo.
0: Yes, but it
1: is in the whole realm, and, oh, and of we the need world. to
0: we need to specify it's not her wedding date, right? It's not your wedding anniversary. No, yeah, the sixteenth is my wedding anniversary. Oh my god! For some reason, I thought it was in June. Mm-mm. No, that's my our dating an, anniversary. Our anniversary yeah, is our in anniversary June. June. Yeah, that's the big <laughs> one zero ten. Yep. But do yeah, you no, want to tell me. everybody what I got you for your yes, anniversary Yes, I was going present. to wait
1: when, <laughs> once um, my present for you is finished, but it's coming, it's coming. Yes. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, for our 10-year anniversary, Anna recorded my book Paranormalish as an audiobook.
0: And I it's crying. not like on Audible or anything because it's we're not- It's just like a personal thing. We're not even sure how to do that, but- <laughs> It's just it sounds
1: complicated.
0: If anyone it, knows how to be an Audible narrator. Well, if anybody knows anything about putting out books, we found out the hard way when we put out our very first book, Lost in Grey. You know those emails you get constantly from this wonderful website called BookBub? Book well, she I'm, not, really go, slander book I'm <laughs> not going into details, but it's really complicated and expensive to be on their website mailing list. Look, writing a book
1: is not easy, but... You learn going through the process. At least as a self-publisher, that is the easy part. Oh the yeah. Formatting the um, editing, the marketing, all of that is the hard stuff.
0: Oh yeah. And but writing um, is also really hard. <laughs> writing is th- is not easy, but it's the easiest part of because like getting that first manuscript out, maybe even having to tweak it and redo the manuscript like I did with the dedication where I changed the main character from a man to a woman and I had to rewrite the whole book but I've done that scrapped
1: the whole (sighs) book I went from first person to third person and guess what that book is 12 years old and it's still (laughs) like in the very beginning stages that's one of those ones that like just stays in the back of my mind but never really gets worked on yes but I can't give it up
0: I'm trying to work on, uh, trying loosely, a book with Lindsay, and then also the uh, book that would be the second in the dedication, like, I guess, Realm. Yeah. Maybe series. I don't know. I'm not trying to put, like, a whole thing on it. But um, I've got, like, maybe 5,000 words, which I'm really proud about, but that's not a lot. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And... Yeah, it,
1: it's complicated. I keep telling myself to write more. Because, like, okay, here's the thing that kills me. And a lot of writers, Melanie Golding said it directly to us. Hey, Mel. Um, and then I I see TikToks and stuff like that. They're like, oh, it's just a habit. I just get up and write.
0: Yeah. And I'm my like, my, my only problem not is <laughs> that my brain does not compute that way. Like, But also, I have a full-time job. And I have a family that consists of a child, a husband, Pet. two dogs and two, do- two cats. Um, And the cats, man, they're, they're sweet as pie, but like, they're like vicious when they're hungry. They'll try to trip you to get food. Like you don't even have the food in your hand. They're just aggressive. Like feed me. It's great. So I don't know. It's just like a whole thing, but, uh, we need to write more that's what we're we're telling that is my ultimate goal and the entire world we are going to start writing more (laughs) well the thing
1: is i have had hold us accountable right the story i've been working on the most lately which i haven't even touched in like a few weeks but i was brainstorming on it the other day and i feel like that counts but um i've had this idea for a book that would be not, like, a collection of short stories the way Paranormalish or even Exercising My Mind is, although Exercising My Mind is more poems, but besides the point, but more, like, um, three or four mini-stories to make, like,
0: a novel like a, book. Like a novella
1: Like, collection. Stephen King has
0: several yeah. where it's
1: like, oh, here's three or four stories, but it's, like, this giant novel. There you go. Yeah. I want to do that with, like, an overall theme that i won't get into because then i have to like go into more details explaining my stories and shit
0: but and it would be my- like a novella set yes and like i already know which stories. that'd be it would cool be.
1: i already know which stories it would be and i've had this idea for at
0: least two years right but it's just finding the time is difficult making the time i think would be more accurate probably but do you want to tell us why friday the 13th is special yes first of all friday the 13th is always special
1: I know Uh, you all probably think I just say that for a paranormal podcast.
0: People think it's bad luck. I don't... I think you make your own luck. Which, our
1: last Friday the 13th episode, we went into a whole lot of, like, the history of the superstition and stuff, but this is a very special Friday the 13th, like, universally, not just because I love Friday the 13th, because it is, one, it is the only Friday the 13th for 2022.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't realize that.
1: It is. And two... It is a double 13 because the digits, 5 plus 1 plus 3
0: plus 2 plus 2, 13. Nice. And
1: shout out to all the Swifties out there who knows why I know that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is the only way I ever would have put together that all the digits added up to 13. So doubly amazing. And so, yeah, like I said, like our last episode that we did Friday the 13th was also, first of all, a bonus episode. Yeah. And this time it's a regular one. Um, but we really went into superstitions in general, as well as superstitions of Friday the 13th, where we talked about, um, like the Knights Templar and Loki crashing the God's party. Um, we talked about Judas being the 13th with the Last Supper. Like we talked about all those things. And so this time, and I can't remember if we covered any true crime,
0: i don't know that we
1: did i looked over our notes i admittedly did not listen to the episode but i do know that what we have on the books to talk about today was not covered so we're gonna go more true crime but then we're also gonna dig into the history of um how friday the 13th used to be considered lucky nice but also, let me just say, we're lucky this episode's even coming out. We had actually <laughs> talked to the network runners saying like, hey, I don't think it's going to happen this week. Like we will let our audience know. And the reason is we were supposed to record this past weekend. And but- Anna, you want to
0: say why we didn't? <laughs> um, Things went awry, so to speak. <laughs> or someone went on a very intensive road trip. Mm. <laughs> I may have... One might say we got a wild hair up our asses. Right. And, yeah. We just decided to spend Mother's Day weekend together because... Why not? Why not? You know? what? We can't be together for our actual friendiversary, but... So we made it like a little girls weekend? Like we plus made it a girls kids. weekend. The kids were um, there.
1: But... It was really funny though, because I was sitting here all day, like, I wanna go see Anna. I wanna go see Anna. I wanna go see Anna. I even texted my husband because my husband had to go out of town for the weekend. And I was like, I might go up and see her. And then, but then I was like, wait, wait, wait. I can't remember if she said she had plans. So I called her and she's like, I'm packing a bag. I'm gonna come see you. <laughs> and we figured out that the thought process. We started the thought process at the exact same time as each other without yeah. talking to each other for hours. Like, so when we, we talked about
0: thinking about it and I was like when I get off work I'm going to drive down there. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and did not even talk to each other about it. So when we and- say we're the same person, <laughs> we mean it. Yeah, we're basically 100% we have, like, the twin same. tuition. Yes. Maybe it's our witchy vibes coming out. But like we also we're not like
1: hardcore planners where it's like meh, but we kind of are.
0: Yeah, because our lives are so jam-packed.
1: Yeah, and so like we try to plan things, and this was so spontaneous and unexpected that, like, I didn't even have groceries, and I was like, come on down, and we had to, like, figure out, like, a curbside order the next morning, like, okay, what are we gonna eat, because we have nothing, (laughs) because I was supposed to go grocery shopping last weekend, and then this all happened, but, so yeah, but we are here the day before doing this episode, yeah. Go us. You're welcome.
0: Yeah. Thankfully, I got off work and didn't have any plans. So I was just like, hey, fuck it. Let's record. Right. Because yeah. Like it just happened to work out. And yeah, because why why not give the listeners what they want, which is content, which is why they keep yes. coming back, which I is not one of my greatly favorite appreciated. days. Because <laughs> last right. time
1: also, I think it fell off on an off week, which is why it was a bonus episode. Yeah, and this it did. Been episode week. so it, it, it all worked out. And I'm. I'm thankful. So we have a little
0: bit of housekeeping sort of thing to housekeeping do. Housekeeping
1: is the word.
0: Yes. In my notes, I wrote bookkeeping. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you meant. Um, so like we talked about, we're doing a new series on the show called Fucked Up and Frightful. And we finally decided on the name. You're welcome. We won't be cause as confusing as we always Let's are. Let's be clear. We had a
1: name. <laughs> I just kept forgetting it. Thankfully, I went back and listened to what anna said before i titled that episode because <laughs> i had it written as um f and f uh, I, f and f but then also i think i'd put um fucked up and frightening or something
0: so it was close yeah. but not right i was like oh i'm glad i checked so i have my little vase with all of the countries that listen to us and states of the united states of america in this little base. And by the way, that took a really long time to write out because people, you guys are everywhere. Thank you. Yes. So, without further ado, who are we covering next? Let's see what we got. If I can get the damn paper open. <laughs> Ooh, New Jersey. Ooh. Yes, guys. Brain's already working yes I, I I am so excited because one of my favorite people in the entire world is from New Jersey, Mr. Kevin Smith Hands and way that's mine <laughs> but yeah i'm I'm so excited to cover something that do we have listeners in New Jersey? I'm not sure well, Let's if, find out If not, maybe we'll gain some, but yeah, so we're gonna be doing New Jersey next. Listen to that later in the month. And can I just say, I can't believe it's already been a month. Because
1: Anna told me when we first logged on. Oh, we do have listeners in New Jersey. They're pretty high up on the list. Hey. Hey, New Jersey. Oh my gosh, we have a lot of places. And I'm not familiar with the geography. It is, might all be.
0: Is Red Bank one of them? Does it? Is it that specific?
1: No. Damn. North Bergen, West Orange, Newark, which, hey, our Way. Let's just pretend it's him. Uh, <laughs> Winona. I don't know if I said that right. I, <laughs> I Iceland? Sorry. Elizabeth, <laughs> Browns Mills, Oakland, and
0: Thoroughfare. Nice. Well, talking about the series we do on here, we have our next book club episode picked out. So... Next book club uh, book picked out. Yes, book. Well, we don't have the date for the episode because... Lindsay we have asked. to read the book first. I have to finish it, and Lindsay has to start it because she's starting a different book. I had I'm suggested. reading a different book right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really good. It's so good. But um, the next book we will be covering is I Eat Men Like Air by Alice Berman. Which and right off the bat sounds cool as hell. It's an Audible exclusive. And not only is it an Audible exclusive, it was free so that was great and the book cover is like an envelope with like smoke popping out of it I don't know it looked really intriguing I didn't even oh, like really cool covers I didn't even read the synopsis so let's go down a little trail together for the first time where I read the synopsis of the book I'm obsessed with right now <laughs> uh just a heads up I Eat Men Like Air contains mature and sensitive themes. If that's not something you're into, please make sure to pass on this one. Um, it says, with the snow falling fast on the New Hampshire mansion, 7 20-somethings gather for a weekend that will change their lives irrevocably. The extravagant trip to celebrate Will and Jessica's upcoming nuptials bring together a cast of characters who know each other from ivy league schools and childhood upper east side haunts there's lulu a la-based instagram influencer maxi a former park Prin- avenue princess now a midwestern housewife Yael, i hope i'm saying that right yeah. an er doctor from ohio rob a colorless wall street trader will a Morally obsessed lawyer, Jessica Wills' perfectionist bride-to-be, and Alex Sable, a lawless pleasure seeker with refined taste. Alex, son of a billionaire hedge funds scion, with the so- was the sole witness against a classmate in a serial rape trial 15 years ago, the notoriety of which follows Alex everywhere. By Will and Jessica's wedding day, four months later, Alex Abel would be dead. In the same house, in the same bathtub, filled with his blood. God. I know, right? It's so good. Can Tyler Carroll, a well-known podcaster, reporter, determined to pry his way into into their closed-door world, sift through the secrets that connect the seven in a web... As Tyler attempts to find the truth behind the months leading up to Alex Sable's dramatic death, he follows the bridal party whose lives have spiraled in wildly different directions, bringing them to a fateful height. The narration by Elizabeth Evans pushes the tangled tale forward as she gracefully performs multiple characters, creating a clear picture of chaos and emotion. Told in the dual timelines, the months leading up to the wedding and the investigation thereafter, I Eat Men Like Air is a riveting book at the unraveling of a friend group, punctured by violence and a chilling deception of rage that festers when it's kept secret. Dun, dun, dun! Okay. First thoughts. (laughs) I have not read
1: this at all yet. I just downloaded it when Anna told me she wanted us to read it, but I haven't done anything like she said i'm on another book first thoughts it is clue
0: meets pretty little liars it is so fucked up it's like i know you haven't watched gossip girl and we'll talk about that later but it's like gossip girl meets veronica mars i love it so much
1: i love veronica mars but i also the dual timelines i like it when stories um go back and forth like that uh the hidden by Melanie Golding did it. Yes. And that made it helped build up the tension of the race against the clock. Um, It Does It by Stephen King, which is one of my problems with the new movie, is because the new movie has part one and part two, where one's childhood, one's adulthood. And one of the things that makes it so fascinating is how it goes back and forth.
0: Which is why the original
1: It movie is the best. <laughs> and so I oh. really like when books do that and you have to piece together the puzzle. Oh, I'm excited yes. to read this.
0: I am. I'm in like I don't even know what chapter I'm on. Cause I'm listening to it after work.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it's just like, oh, when the, it's between that and Downton Abbey right now. Okay. Yeah. I'm watching Downton Abbey. Leave me alone. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure everyone's like, it's been there, done that, but yeah, I didn't have PBS. So I didn't have a chance to watch it. And now it's on Netflix. And I was like, well, I watched Bridgerton. What else can I do? Oh, Downton mm-hmm. Abbey. There's a ton of seasons. So I've, I've been switching between listening to that while I cook and clean and things of that nature and then doing the down to Nabby while I eat and just kind of try to yeah. veg out. But right. this book so far is just like jaw dropping. It
1: sounds so riveting. I cannot wait. I almost want to like take a pause on the book I'm reading to go read this one first.
0: I will tell you it's like on one and a half times speed, like almost 11 hours long. I'm going to go check because I always listen
1: on double speed. Yeah. Let's see what it says. Because it's so uh, good. It's
0: so good.
1: Six hours and 59 minutes.
0: Okay. So that's maybe. That's too bad. Yeah. That's on two times speed. So what's it? Yeah. What is it on regular speed? Just check for our listeners. Um, you hear This is audible. This is audible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on regular speed. Why won't it oh, reset? reset reset a uh, one-time speed uh, um i try to make it go down to zero oh which, yeah
0: does uh, not work yeah
1: um regular speed it's still showing me two times reset okay 13 hours and 59 minutes
0: so if you don't listen to it like crazy people like we are and i say that in the most loving way um <laughs> then you know it's gonna take you 13 hours but if you have a long like vacation plan where you're taking a road trip this is gonna, and you don't have children in the car. You have a
1: whole weekend right here coming up. When you're doing all your boring chores that we all hate, like laundry and stuff. Just yeah, put your
0: earbuds. Head, yeah, as I say, pop in those earbuds and enjoy the twisted ride that is "I Eat Men Like Air." Oh, and without further ado, Lindsay, let's jump into this episode.
1: All right. Yes. So Friday the thirteenth. Like I have already said multiple times now, our last one was superstitions, and um. This one's not. And so we're going to start off jumping in right into the true crime. And uh, I have two cases here that we're, we plan to talk about today. And the first of which actually is historically significant because it, it is what coined the psychological term bystander effect. Okay, which is if you don't know, most people listening to a true crime podcast probably know what bystander effect is or if you've ever taken like a CPR first aid class. Um, That is when something is happening and there are witnesses to it, but every witness thinks somebody else is already doing something about it. That's why when you take, like, a CPR class, you're supposed to, like, they say, like, when you're doing CPR, you're supposed to directly, like, I'm supposed to say, you, and point directly at somebody, go call 911. Because if you just say, somebody call 911, everyone's going to think somebody else is already calling.
0: Right. Or somebody else has called, or whatever.
1: Yes. So this horrible case uh, is where that was first. I'm sure it's not the very first time it's ever happened, but that's kind of, like, where... It's such it's such an intense one is why now we talk about it in like psychology classes and stuff like that. This is the murder of Susan Kitty Genovese. And the information I'm about to read is from Refinery29. The link is in our show notes as per usual under sources. So the murder of Susan Kitty Genovese has gone down as one of the most shocking crimes in history, not only because it involved rape and murder of a young girl, which is always absolutely horrific, but because there were a lot of witnesses. The New York Times reported it as a total of 38 witnesses to this crime. The crime occurred on March 13th, 1964 in Kew Gardens, Brooklyn. And I apologize if I pronounced that wrong. Um, Genevieve's 28 was attacked by Winston Mosley, 29, in the middle of the road that was surrounded by apartment buildings with windows overlooking the area. No one called the police or intervened. Interviewed after the fact, the neighbors gave a myriad of excuses as to why they didn't call the police or try to stop the attacker. These included, I was tired, I didn't want to get involved, and we thought it was a lover's quarrel. The police said that based on the timeline of Genevieve's attack, she had escaped from him twice, but he returned to stab her twice. There was a chance for her to have been saved. Which is just awful. Um,
0: Yeah, I... Like the imagine she, she got away. Yeah, as I said, to imagine getting eight witnesses to get away, and then him to come back. God.
1: All right. Um. Sorry, I just got interrupted. I got a very important phone call, but we like, had to pause like three times in a row. So she had to answer. Yeah, <laughs> I had to answer, it. and it was like actually something really important regarding one of my children. It, it wasn't but-
0: about her extended car warranty or anything. I thought it was.
1: I thought it was, and I heard the phone call and it sounded like somebody was about to try to sell me something, but it actually was important. But the reason I'm even talking about this instead of just cutting it all out is that when we paused the recording at the time before editing, it was at 26 minutes, which is double 13. But it's all the double kind 13s, blown. y'all. Yep. All right. But now back in where I hopefully left off. <laughs> um, so, yes, unfortunately, the police said that there was a chance that she could have been saved if somebody had done something about it. Um, the attacker, Mosley, did die in prison at the age of 81. So there was some sort of closure to the case, so to speak, or whatever. But now it's used like with psychology classes and whatnot regarding the bystander effect. Which is and just crazy. If you see something or hear something or are told something...
0: Well, if you're told something that's considered hearsay to an extent, depending upon to, who's depending on what, you. Visit,
1: like if if somebody is coming to you and saying, "Hey, so and so just told me they're being abused."
0: Yeah, th- that's more like,
1: specifically children.
0: That's what like, I was about to say, kids. If a kid tells you because they're telling a trusted adult, that's my
1: CBS if, trauma if, training if, kicking in right if,
0: there. <laughs> if a person, if a person was to be like, "Oh my God, did you hear?" Yeah, that's there's a difference hearsay. between gossip
1: and yeah okay, hearsay. But yeah, if, if you see something going on, say something, do something about it.
0: Oh, Even- maybe.
1: Do you remember when we still lived in Colorado and I went to the mall with um, our friend B? Yeah. And we
0: saw that man beating his wife in the parking lot. Yeah. And didn't you guys call the cops and like um, we, we, we
1: flagged down security because we were at the mall. I knew it was something like that. Yeah. And um we ended up flagging down security and we're like, this man is out here abusing his wife in the middle of the parking lot. And I don't remember what all we had to give a statement to the police. I remember yeah. that much. And we were like, we don't really know anything. We just saw it happening and couldn't let it happen. Right.
0: Absolutely so. And I so, mean, so yes,
1: if you see something, say something, do something because 37 other people could be witnessing the same thing and doing absolutely nothing about it. I think that anybody, especially if I were a victim, and like I'm sure 911 dispatchers and EMTs and police and all that would agree, I would rather have a hundred phone calls telling me the same horrible thing so help can be had than for no one to do anything.
0: Absolutely. And in regards to things I can't talk about on the podcast, thank God people say things. Yes, absolutely. Because if not, people would not get brought to justice. Right. And I'm not going to pretend like seeking justice is a fucking fast or easy way to go about things. Right. But it it is worth Trying, and I'm not saying
1: victims deserve I'm not, more. In I'm life. not
0: saying that they'll always get justice, which is heartbreaking and completely fucked and unfair. Mm-hmm. But everyone is innocent until proven guilty by a jury of their peers, and I think if there's been mistreatment, then yeah, you should absolutely seek justice and at least try. Because if you don't try, you're doing a disservice to yourself and to others. So if you ever feel annoyed that you get subpoenaed, just know it's for a reason. And if you can affect a person's life in a positive way by helping them, try not to be so annoyed. Our second case is, they're never easy to talk about, like any of them, any case we cover, unless it's like, Spooky shit because it's yeah, a spooky more, shit's fun, true crime. It's no. a little more lighthearted, <laughs> but it's never easy to talk about people being hurt. So,
1: but it's important because it it's, happens.
0: It's important to recognize everything. This is a story of Candy Montgomery and the murder of Betty Gore. This is actually a show on Hulu, everyone. I don't know if TikTok has been showing you as many ads as they've been showing me um i've not
1: seen a single ad i have seen it at the
0: top of hulu though oh yeah no i, and keep I didn't realize it, it was the
1: same case
0: yeah i keep seeing it all over my tiktok this is jessica
1: biel right yeah jessica, Candy.
0: jessica biel plays candy i haven't got a chance to watch it yet
1: i haven't either um, i just have been seeing the ads yeah but not on tiktok of,
0: right of I, I opened up tiktok the other day and made a mental note to watch it I didn't realize until researching this that it was the same lady, which is just like, what the fuck? Right, yeah, that's what happened to me. I I saw it at the top, like the big
1: banner on the top of Hulu, and I was like, Candy with Jessica Biel and like all that. And I was like, oh, so check
0: that out. And then now it's all the same thing. The story behind Candy Montgomery and the 1980 axe killing is now not one, but two TV shows. There's also an HBO Max show... Called Love and Death. I've not heard of it as that well. One. I haven't either. Admittedly, I don't get on HBO Max a lot. So we do is we watch Rick and Morty on it and Lord I, of the Rings. I watched the new Julia Child <laughs> show on there. It's so fun. Um, oh yeah? I love Julia Child. It's problematic. Um, so it was a brutal axe killing that shocked the small North Texas town of Wiley in 1980. Candy Montgomery killed Betty Gore by slicing her with an axe 41 times following a confrontation about Montgomery's month-long affair with Cor's husband.
1: Fuck. Okay, hold on. She murdered the wife after I, she was confronted for cheating with the, the
0: husband? Right? Wow. That yeah. Is- According to Texas' monthly reporting of Montgomery's trial, now 42 years later, two new true crime shows uh hulu's candy starring jessica bill and hbo's hbo max's love and death starring elizabeth olsen ooh, interesting, oh interesting are bringing the case back to life candy will be a five night event from may 9th to may 13th on hulu and love and death is set to be released later this year oh
1: that's probably why we haven't heard of it then maybe candy came out
0: yeah each series takes a look back on the harrowing tale of two church-going couples enjoying small-town family life until a fateful Friday the 13th on June of 1980. Here's a look at the true crime story behind Candy and Love and Death. Now, this first part talks about the affair. Candy Montgomery was married to Pat Montgomery, a young electrical engineer at the Texas Instruments. Sorry. That's no. like the
1: calculators. TIs. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: Oh, Okay. I'm yeah, sure they I, probably
1: do other things other than calculators, but that's
0: where my brain goes is like the
1: <laughs> TI-84 or whatever the fuck they were. Right.
0: And she was a mother of two children. Betty Gore was a middle school teacher and married to Alan Gore. Al Gore. Al Gore.
1: Don't I know dun. it's not the same person? It's not the same, but it's, but... <laughs> it's just
0: where your brain goes because mine went there too. Both the Montgomerys and the Gores regularly attended service at First United Methodist Church of Lucas. According to Texas Monthly's 1984 profile, this is what brought Candy Montgomery and Betty Gore together and ultimately led to the affair and murder. According to Texas Monthly, the affair between Candy Montgomery and Alan Gore began when the two ran into each other playing uh, volleyball at the church volleyball court. Candy set her eyes on Alan and she pursued Alan for months before he finally agreed to begin the affair like it's some sort of thing you just get weakened down by i don't see it that way
1: final sleep
0: with you like what the hell you got me
1: no right
0: like uh, he must have liked to be chased i guess the affair continued when alan uh until alan ended it To focus his attention on Betty, who had grown more anxious about their relationship. I'm rightfully so. Right. And their family, the Texas magazine reported. Then Friday the 13th of June 1980, the Gore house in Wiley became the site of one of Texas' most notorious crimes. Betty Gore confronted Candy about the affair, which led to a struggle with an axe. I just want to know, because it doesn't say, where the fuck does the axe come from? Like, are she, does one of them have the well, axe? Did, just one like- of
1: show, like, did Candy have an axe ready to go? Or did Betty come with an axe? Or was it
0: just like in the living room? Like, what the hell? Were they and outside it- back where they uh, chopped their firewood? or something? Right. So it says, Candy prevailed in the struggle, then reportedly assaulted Betty 41 times and killing her. That sentence makes it sound like,
1: with literary analysis... So that might be this might be incorrect. Sounds like maybe Betty confronted her with a weapon. They fought. She prevailed by getting the axe from her.
0: Well, you just take it and go away. You don't kill the person. Lord help! Right. Uh, this is not
1: self defense. No, like not husband.
0: Forty one times is considered aggravated. I mean, just saying. Candy eventually was arrested and charged with the murder of Betty. In court, Miss Montgomery pled that she killed Gore out of self-defense arguing, quote, after being struck twice by the axe, Betty then gained control of the weapon. The heavier and larger Betty refused to let Candy go.
1: There's all the details right there. We didn't even have to speculate.
0: Well, I was speculating because I hadn't got that far yet. And I forgot what this
1: from um, a WFAA news article.
0: Yeah. Uh, By the way, like we said, we barely got this episode going, so forgive us. Um, We're as surprised as you are. We are. We're reading this blind. Um, The persecution, meanwhile, argued that Candy could have fled, amen, rather than bludgeoning Betty to death. Yeah. On on October 30th of 1980, a jury of nine women and three men found Candy Montgomery not guilty of Betty Gore's murder. She was acquitted of the murder charges. The killing still haunts some homeowners in North Texas. 28 years later, after Gore was killed, um, WFAA went back to Wiley and spoke with several residents about the recall of the harrowing tale. People in Wiley still talk about that house. I'm interested to watch both shows. I can't mm-hmm. believe I'd never heard about that. The only axe murderer I've ever really heard of was was lizzie borden because which is it's, a whole story for another day it's, I don't it's a whole story but that. like the song from childhood mm-hmm. which you know we should not have been singing as children but no. th-
1: such is the case with so many songs we talked about that with fairy tale fix
0: yeah if you haven't listened to that episode go check it out it's pretty great um but yeah so that's the two cases we wanted to cover
1: so I said at the beginning that it actually turns out that Friday the 13th used to be considered lucky, but isn't anymore. And I wanted to get into that because it's very interesting to me because I did not know this until we were researching for this, like literally today. Yeah. (laughs) So did you know that a major reason that we as a society consider 13 an unlucky number is because of the patriarchy? Of course. No. Patriarchy. Right. No, because apparently 13 is historically considered a female number. Oh. And I'll get into it by reading to you this article I found on it um, from HuffPost. Which, did you know also, just a side note, maybe everybody but me knew this, HuffPost is the new name of Huffington Post. I thought so- they were interchangeable. Yeah, I did too. Or possibly two separate websites at all this time. I thought was one thing. So I ended up Googling it, and HuffPost is huffington post that changed the name in like 2017 is that a mandela effect because i feel like i feel like it's always been huffington (laughs) so yeah that that was just a irrelevant sidebar but yeah that the links in the show notes as per usual as are everything else we've referenced in this episode and every other episode so 13 is certainly the most essentially female number which I love, as that being my favorite number. <laughs> um, the average number of menstrual cycles in a year is about thirteen. The approximate number two of annual cycles of the moon. Huh. It says when Chinese women make offerings of mooncakes, there are there are sure to be thirteen on the platter. Thirteen is the number of blood, fertility, and lunar potency. Thirteen is the lucky number of the great goddess. Representing as it does, the number of revolutions the moon makes around the earth in a year, 13 was the number of regeneration for pre-Columbian Mexicans. In ancient Israel, 13 was a sanctified number. 13 items were decreed necessary for the tabernacle. At 13 years of age, a boy was, and still is, initiated into adulthood in the Jewish community. Talks about boys, but we're talking about girls. I don't know. I guess they're talking about the prominence of the number 13. Right, yeah. Um... In Wicca, the pagan goddess tradition of old Europe, communicants convene in covens of 13. 13 was also auspicious for the Egyptians who believed that life has 13 stages, the last of which is death, the transition to eternal life. Hmm. So 13 was a great number. Is a great number. Um, held holy in honor of Shekinah, the female aspect of God, Friday was observed as the day of her special celebrations. Jews around the world still begin the observance of the Sabbath at sunset on Friday evenings. When they invite in the Sabbath bride, Friday is a Sabbath in the Islamic world. Friday is sacred to ocean. The Yoruba orisha of opulent sensuality. I'm so sorry if I pronounce all of that wrong. I am legitimately trying the sensuality and overwhelming femininity also, and also to Frigg, the Norse goddess of love and sex of fertility and creativity. Her name became the Anglo Saxon noun for love, and in the 16th century, Frigg came to mean to copulate. Friday was associated with the early mother creation goddesses for whom the day was named. In Anglo Saxon, Scandinavian, Icelandic, and Teutonic cultures, she was called variously Freya and all the other pronunciations. I won't even attempt, but Freya, we've all heard of Freya. Yes. Or Frigg, like I just said. Friday is Frigg's day or Frigadig. That's what Google told me is how you're supposed to say it. So <laughs> I apologize if that sounds stupid. It was trying to correct it to Frigidaire. Yes. So so Google said frigidig, And of course, in, uh, that's in Old English. And of course, there's other pronunciations that uh, I am not going to attempt because we can be here all day with me trying. Um, in the Mediterranean islands, she's referred to as Venus. And in Latin, Friday is the day of Venus. Dies Veneris i don't know if i said that right um so all all, all of it to mean friday is meant for this goddess it is her day and 13 is the most feminine number therefore friday the 13th is ultimately the celebration of lives and loves of lady luck on this her doubly dedicated day let us consider what fortuitous coincidences constitute our fate the lucky blend of just the right conditions, chemistries, elements, and energies that comprise our universe, the way it all works, the way we are, that we are at all, which was a beautiful ending. That's very poetic that writer. Um, but so basically like I, like I just said it, but I got to say it again. It's double. Cause it's for her, for the creation goddess, no matter what you call her. And, and, also, thirteen being the feminine number, so just like how May thirteenth is a double thirteen, Friday the thirteenth itself is double, and I feel like all that double energy has to somehow cancel out Mercury retrograde, right?
0: Lord, I'd hope
1: because <laughs> we are also in the midst of that. Whatever that means, I'm.
0: I'm not. I don't watch enough witch talk on TikTok to understand Mercury and retrograde, except for that it causes
1: it causes chaos. chaos.
0: <laughs> Just straight. I know. Chaos. Whenever, whenever things start going crazy, and I'm
1: like texting Blake about it, he says Mercury's going into retrograde this week. I'm like, of course it is. That or it's of a full it moon. Is. <laughs> I think there is a blood moon this weekend. Dun dun dun. But we have the double thirteen and the double Friday and thirteen together, meaning
0: femininity power. Right. So, but we're we're gonna make
1: it through this. So
0: we're going to be great. So before we get off of here, listeners, I just want to remind you to download I Eat Men Like Air by Alice Berman and give it a listen before that episode comes out. And we'll then- let
1: you all know when it comes out. We always try to give enough time and like I haven't even started it yet. So
0: we pulled New Jersey. What up, New Jersey? Uh, so if you have any suggestions for true crime and or Paranormal. paranormal. Whether there's it's ghosts, things. cryptids, you know, anything paranormal, the Jersey Devil. The Jersey Devil. the it's where my mind immediately goes, but maybe there's more than that. I'm not from the region, so I wouldn't know. I can't
1: think of its name right now. I'd have to look it up, but I think it's New Jersey. But yeah, all, yeah, we we clearly we listed at the start. We have listeners in New Jersey, so you all give us a shout out.
0: on yeah. what your
1: favorite thing is Facebook story.
0: on Facebook or Instagram at GABB Podcast. Or Twitter has the same handle. and if you'd prefer to email us, we can shout you out or keep your name anonymous at gabbpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and mm-hmm. maybe potentially about New Jersey. Maybe potentially read your suggestion on air. So yes. until next time, listeners, Happy Friday the 13th, and stay spooky. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Ghosts in the Attics, Bodies in the Basement, a Fearscape Media podcast. Music by Stephen Timperley. Artwork by Laura Ramsey. Find us online at fearscapemedia.com forward slash GABB podcast or on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at GABB podcast or email us GABB podcast at gmail.com. Thank you.